Hello and welcome to episode testing, testing, one, two, three. Indeed, we are at episode one, two, three. And with me, as always, is my illustrious colleague, Steve Morton. How are you, Steve? I'm good. I thought you were going to refer to Lotus one, two, three then for a minute, but that's an old gag. I I could. uh, I don't think many people will remember it. We had. (laughs) <laughs> well, those of us that ran Lotus 123 also were running Netscape at the same time. And Ooh. can I say that our coding skills were rather on point at the time? <laughs> Just going to forward slash that one into the conversation. Yeah. Hello, Plannerverse. We have got one of the dullest topics ever to be covered here. You can congratulate us later on, on our social media. Our topic comes to us today from unknown user who insisted on November 30th to send us the following message, which I grabbed with both hands and placed on Basecamp for Steve so that he could read it and point and laugh and say, who? So here's what unknown said to us on November 30th, 2021. I love your podcast. Thank you. I know it's great. And I have a suggestion. Sure. Go ahead. I would be delighted to listen to an episode about the quality and longevity of planners. Of course, my darling, we've got you covered. How to choose a planner that will last indeed. How to recognize quality leather and rings. Of course, how to care for the leather and how often, I don't know, but Steve's going to tell us what type of material is least prone to scratches. Yeah, we'll get there. Which professional can repair a planner if it gets damaged? Uh Uh-huh. And more personal question. Of all the models of planners you've tried, which ones have impressed you for their quality and or longevity? I'm sure you're going to have great tips and stories for us all. I'm sorry to disappoint you, dear unknown user. We will have boring stories and tips for you all. So tuck in, get your popcorn out, or if you're driving, uh, just keep your hands on the wheel. And I will turn this over to Steve to see, first of all, if we can answer the how do we decide what's quality? How, how, does, how do you decide what's quality, Steve? My first point is, might be surprising for some people, is you don't have to spend the earth to get a quality planner. Don't think, for instance, because you've spent a gazillion pounds or dollars or euros that you have the best there is because it doesn't necessarily work that way. Um, I sometimes look at this issue because the the question's come up before, you know, how much do I have to spend sort of thing? And I sometimes think, well, yeah, hold on a minute. Uh. You don't necessarily think about how much money's gone into the actual product that you're buying um, when you're looking around. Yeah. And how many middlemen has the thing been through who've all taken their cuts sort of thing? And, you know, work back to, if you like, the unit cost of the item. And then, you know, is the actual item you're buying for that cost as good as a another sort of thing? So money to one side, I think, for the minute, because... Um, it doesn't always necessarily go that you have to spend the earth because someone might think, oh, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't have a lot of money to spend on a planner. No, not not everyone does. And it's a tool at the end of the day that's yeah. going to get a lot of use. So you don't, you know, it's not something to sit and look at and admire. Um, it, it's, you know, like a pen or, a, you know, a set of tools that you use every day. Yes, it's very nice to have 
the best there is. But if it's just to sit and look at, then really you're in a different sort of ballpark, really. Well, you could just sit and look at pictures, too, then. You don't really need to spend the money <laughs> yeah. on planners at that point. But planners, indeed, they're, they're the one category of item that I would agree with you, that it's not necessarily better quality the more you spend. You could actually spend a very affordable amount, mm. a very reasonable amount, and end up with a very durable planner. Now, that doesn't mean that it's going to be aesthetically pleasing, but if the question is about durability, I mean, look at the At A Glance series of planners, Steve, that we find in office stores, right? They're mm. made of hard vinyl and double-coiled uh, coil, mm. and it's there's really not much to it. And my goodness, those things are durable. I've seen some from 30 years ago, and they're still in good shape, just as a good mm. shape as they were. Paper's faded, but the planner itself is intact, mm. yeah? The... Um thing that appeals to a lot of people, obviously people automatically think of a leather planner as being, yeah. that's the one to go for. Now, I yeah. realise there are quite a few people in our audience, most probably that may be vegan and therefore don't like having a leather planner. They're looking for sort of a non-leather planner that will be as durable because the, the durability of leather is fairly well, you know, documented and well known through, you know, people having leather wallets and all the other usual stuff that um, we sort of carry around. And it's it's a well-known sort of material to use. So you sometimes find that, you know, people never question, you know, the durability of leather. They're more interested in, well, what's the best non-leather product then that's going to be as durable? You've given an example, you know, particularly vinyl-covered type thing, which, you know, that's going to be wipe-cleanable and all the rest of it. It's fairly Oh, yeah. It might get yeah. a bit brittle over time because it's a plastic-type material. and If it's exposed to sunlight and what have you, it could crack, it could be harden, and all the rest of it. So you might have to get used to, you know, replacing it after, say, 10 years or so, something like that. Um, I've got um, a couple of Filofax Fusion organisers, which are like a man-made exterior. Yeah. They do have a leather strap, though, so it might be a bit off-putting to some people. But those are very durable in terms of being able to sort of chuck them in a bag and what have you. Cause, uh, and that's the next point we come to, is the environment mm. that your planner is going to live in on yeah. a daily basis. Um, ones that sit on a desk, much like m most of mine these days, it's less critical, isn't it, compared to the, one that's going to be The longevity is going to be longer. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the ones that get put in and out of a bag all the time with car keys and, and other yeah. and leaking water bottles is the other threat. Yeah. Uh, Even um, for leather. Yeah. Yeah. More so for leather, I would say, than than and the paper, of course. The paper doesn't mm. like getting wet if you can help it. Um, so that when you actually come to um, sort of leather planners, the type of leather that's used can have a varied um, lifespan to it. The sort of the cheaper end of the scale, it might not be um, very good quality leather. And might be sort of bonded leather, which is if you start looking at the definitions of what can be classed as real leather, it's scary. 
It's because... mind-boggling. Yep, yep. It, bonded leather no, no. is the worst kind you can get. Yeah, bonded is yes, it's leather, but it's glued together with resin. But it's well, and it's the very, very topmost layer that's been shaved off yeah. the rest of the hide, so it's not even the complete hide that you're getting of no. the animal. It's just one slice of it. It's a cross section of yeah. it. Yeah, and so thin. you have right, and you have these series mm. of pieces that have been glued together to make them look like one and hot pressed mm. so that you can't see the seams. And then, and then people wonder why, for example, like on the Finsbury, the mm. biggest complaint is that the leather wears off and you begin to see the underlying cardboard and all that stuff that mm. comes up. I agree. It's very off-putting. That's why I loved my Apex because it was all vinyl and with cardboard mm. in between. It was an $18 planner and that thing mm. could withstand, you know, a war. It was very good <laughs> condition. <laughs> <laughs> It'd probably be standing next to the cockroaches that survived, you know, cockroaches <laughs> with little planners, apex planners. Yeah. Um, but then you look at something, for example, I'd like to hear your comments on this, Steve, is um, who is it? I think Louis Vuitton do a planner that is the canvas that's been uh, waterproofed, like their mm. handbags. They're quintessential when you think of a Louis Vuitton that... that uh, initials that they have and that's just canvas that's been waterproofed mm. but it's rather resilient comparatively because they're making handbags out of these you could swing it 10 times over and it mm. would still look the same as it did on day one um so yeah i know they're they're an example as far as expensive materials go and it's not leather um, but you're you're paying for durability at that point, I would think. But what are your thoughts on? And you're the, pl- on the, paying for the brand name as well. Of the, that's what it is. Yeah, more than you anything. can't ignore that. Unfortunately, um, when it comes to actual rings themselves, you will find um, Krauss is obviously a well-known known brand of rings, but they also they're in um, an association with another um, company, Benson's International. And over the years, you will find some rings that are labelled Benson's International as well as Krauss. And some Krauss rings are are sort of branded with the actual uh, maker's name of the the planner, for instance, because Krauss will make, they they will manufacture rings in a thousand units at a time. Yeah. With whatever brand name you want on them, um, for, for a cost, of course. Um, but it's sometimes difficult to identify from the outside without taking the thing apart what sort of... Because there's lots of copies, because the basic design um, is over 100 years old now, so it must be well out of copyright and all the rest of it. But if you just run your fingers over the join in the rings where they meet in the middle you shouldn't feel any massive steps or any roughness and all the rest of it and there should be no gaps obviously that's the the famous thing we all look for and just open and close the the rings a few times to make sure that they are you know they're both they're each time they get close they come together they haven't been manipulated into being yeah. looking perfect for some of them yeah um the ring mechanism itself shouldn't you shouldn't get problems over time um although i often see people that have had problems but i do wonder whether they're actually opening them with the tabs 
Well, they're just literally pulling them apart. Each yeah, time. I've seen that too. And I would say, as far as rings go, though, if I would, I don't know if I would ever invest in a planner again that can't have removable rings. I think mm. that's been one of the biggest wins for me is finding companies that will do planners that can have the rings replaced. Mm. Because yeah. once the, the rings go bad on one that can't, for example, the ones that are grommeted in, yeah, those, that's what mm. I'm talking about. You'd have yeah. to have a grommet machine or go to a cobbler or go to someone that knows yeah. how to do this. Um, I'd much rather replace the rings myself. It's mm. a lot more cost efficient. And I just don't want, if I'm paying that much money for a planner, I really want to have the ability to swap out the rings in case of an accident. One drop and that's it. Yeah. It's all it takes. So, so really. sort of mention a brand name, which is a slightly dangerous thing to do on something like this, I know, is Motem. That, break all the rules. In Don't terms they? Of, I do love that, yeah. In terms of where their price point is compared to what you're actually getting. Now, there's lots of questions unanswered, I think, about them. But, you know, I the, the one item that i've bought from them you can change the rings yourself it was less than 100 euros you know yeah yeah <laughs> it's difficult to fault now it might be questionable as to where the leather has come from but it does seem to be okay and it's it's holding out and all the rest of it but i wouldn't like to say that is the one because it doesn't suit everyone because you're really looking you're not just looking for quality you're also looking at the design of the thing what pockets it's got what pen yeah. loops it's got and stuff right. like that and so sometimes your purchasing decision can be swung by saying well that might be a more expensive one but it doesn't suit my requirements yeah. i.e the the rings might be too big or they're too small uh, or the the number of pockets it's got or it's the bulk of the thing if it's got a big back pocket on it you might not want that for sort of everyday use because it becomes a more heavier item um, and stuff like this and so the conversation is actually taking us to where we've gone with which which size mm. planner should i have really because it yeah. comes down to personal use again so mm. the question is which is the most resilient well it's the one that gets used the least i suppose mm. but in the case of heavy use i would think that the thicker the leather the yes. more resilient it would be. Mm. And in my case, for example, I don't use leather planners anymore. I use the Levenger system, which mm. have the acrylic or acetate or whatever that is, those translucent yeah. so it's a uh, disc covers. System. It's a disc system, yeah. but the covers are, are translucent plastic in an du essence. Du durable, and you can... If a, yeah. if a cover got damaged, you could just change the cover. Oh, yeah. And they do get scratched up quite easily. Pretty uh, le less money. Yeah, um, but to swap them out would cost me nothing. It's a, a, mm. in comparison to swapping mm. out for the complete planner. Yeah. Uh, so I would say that for me, that works out. And I find that they're durable for what I need. Yeah. So mm. I'm going maybe from client to client, it's going into my handbag, but it's mostly staying at the house. If I am traveling with it, it's coming in and out of a rucksack for the most part. In terms of how do you assess the thing before you spend the money if you mm. like if you can visit a shop which i know is difficult these days because there are so few unfortunately shops that stock the planners that we you know love and want yeah. to buy and what have you 
and there's quite a lot of firms that are only online now uh, and what have you if you can um, get some leather samples from the company you're interested in buying from good start another approach is let's say you were thinking about buying an A5 and you're not entirely sure yes you've seen the photographs of it but you're not sure whether the leather quality is going to be up for it how about buying from the same company a mini or a pocket size one in other words much cheaper but made from the same leather hopefully so you can get the thing in your hands you can test that um, smaller planner out in terms of its durability in the environment that you're going to use it in yeah yeah. or like you would test the leather samples you know against accidental um, pen marks and stuff like that because some leather is coated has a leather coating which will let you um, you know wipe it with a slightly damp sort of microfiber cloth or it doesn't need sort of heavy treatment, you know, from day one sort of thing to protect it and all the rest of it. And with some of them, I've got one or two that are like that. And I've accidentally got a pen mark by the pen loop with, without me noticing it. And, you know, a week or so later, I suddenly spot this and go, oh! and just literally <laughs> lick Punching your thumb and wipe it. It's gone. Um, <laughs> but I can't emphasise enough the value yes you might have to pay for the samples and you might have to pay postage but if you've got a sample in your hand you know what it feels like you can you run it between your fingers sort of till you're blue in the face and you can fold it and you can get it wet and you can put any sort of products on the thing and you can see what impact it has on the color on the suppleness um, you can scratch it, you can abuse the thing, you can do what you want to it before you lay down the big money for that, maybe a custom item or whatever it is, or pre-made yeah. item. That You then know, right, what is this going to do to fingernails? Because they're, you know, we all have them and they do have a, a habit of you know you accidentally might scratch the surface and you think "Ah, i've got this big mark on it but on quite a lot of leathers that will just simply just rub out you just wet your finger and just rub across the surface and yeah actually that was one of the questions was which ones are the least prone to scratches and i think that question should be better which ones recover best from scratches Mm. Yes. Um, because a lot of them will scratch. But for mm. example, and I don't mind, I'll name some brands. I don't mind. I found that the VDS, the Gilios, the higher end quality leather planners actually have a good leather that you can dig a deep gouge in it with your fingernail mm. and then they'll it'll recover with just a little bit of finger oil, fingerprint mm. oil. Yeah. Uh, or leather cream or what, what have you. Um, whereas some of the, like, for example, my least favorite off of the Filofax line are the Finsbury. Um, I do love the York. I do like the bridles and those are a mm. thicker leather, all piece mm. leather. Maybe they have some cardboard in between some models, but those were actually, I think the bridle and the York were actually made in Italy, not in England. Mm. And 
there is a different craftsmanship that comes from each one of these locations that can be expected. I personally, I've never owned, I know, I shouldn't say that. I didn't own a Finsbury for longer than 24 hours before I decided <laughs> it wasn't for me because I touched it and I was very off put by the grainy texture. I, I could feel the leather chipping under my fingertips as I slid my fingers across it. Mm. And for for example, and with a York or a bridle, I didn't have that experience yet because mm. it was a full grain leather compared to bonded leather. And that's mm. where the price point starts to shift for people. And they say, well, I'm not paying mm. for that. It's still Filofax. Yeah, but look what you're paying for. Um, mm. And so I would say it's not so much how, what scratches, everything scratches at some point, but how does it recover once it scratches? Mm. And I would say that the higher end ones on this, in this case, actually do, that's where the money comes in. And that's what you're paying for because you end up getting a resiliency out of them uh, and a longevity that you probably wouldn't with poor quality leathers on that one. The, the plastics other, can be replaced. Yeah. The, the, one of the difficulties, I think, for a lot of people when they start sort of comparing um, one sort of brand against another at a particular price point, be it, say, $100 or, or thereabouts or whatever, the, the when you start going across the sort of different brands, you're on some brands you're you're heading into the sort of the more luxury end. Yeah. On other brands, you're at the bottom of their range, and it's a sort of a difficult sort of. I wouldn't like to say it's definitely a hundred dollars. It might be a hundred. It might be hundred and twenty, or or wherever sure, it is. Sure. You get into this sort of grey zone, where. Well, if you prefer to spend that much, say, on a Filofax, then you really have got up off the sort of bottom rung right. of what they offer. But at that sort of level, look across the sort of landscape and you start to enter other territory. The other thing to remember, of course, is I'm thinking that you're buying new if you're prepared to buy pre-owned, maybe somebody bought something and they didn't like the colour, uh -huh. then you'll you might you know you might get as new for considerably under the normal retail price. So you know don't sort of turn your nose up at that. It might be just as good as one that you've you know you would buy brand yeah. new, but it might cost you fifty pounds more or something like that. Personally, I prefer buying secondhand mm. because then the the item has been broken in already and I don't have to be the one that's put the stain on it or no. had it dinged or banged or whatever, right? So one of the biggest things that I like is once it's gone secondhand, it's already developed a patina mm. and it's already developed the coloring that's going to be more consistent than when it's brand new and it mm. starts going through the transition of fray. This is of course for leathers. Yeah. We're talking mm. plastics, sometimes plastics yellow, but that's about it. I really haven't mm. seen an issue with plastics. One thing to sort of add, if you like, to the sort of pre-owned secondhand market is some companies, mainly Julio and Van der Speck, both have a lifetime warranty attached to their products in terms of manufacturing defects so if you get um a previously owned one of those and it needs a new set of rings 
as long as you can prove who the original owner was or you can satisfy them that you're not sort of trying to pull a fast one, then their lifetime warranty will cover you for a replacement set of rings sort of thing just by contacting their respective uh, customer service. I know a lot about these lifetime warranties because I helped write them <laughs> for both companies, would you believe? I've but, actually um, availed myself of that lifetime warranty on a couple hmm. of planners and they've worked hmm. out for me. Yeah. So, but just be mindful, yeah? I think, and I, you've made a point to say this on some of the social media groups and it, it, it needs reassuring again, is that please don't make adjustments to the planner to void the warranty. That's the no. big issue. People want to de-ring them and do all sorts of modifications to them that then void the warranty. And if you've done that, then you've, you know, you're on your own at that point. Yeah. So, <laughs> so don't attempt to repair the thing yourself um, and go sort of full, you know, step back from it a little bit and ask the questions of people in the groups that are the experts. I deal with a lot of people wanting to exchange rings, maybe sort of chrome for gold or vice versa, or mm -hmm. they want to change the size of the rings or whatever. And it's not rocket science, admittedly, but of course I've done dozens of them, dozens of them. And I'm, you know, quite often say, look, let me, rather than me try and explain it in text and pictures, let's just hook up via a quick video call and I can then see what they're doing or what they're not doing and all the rest of it. It's, it's a lot easier to do that and it, it often fixes the problem much quicker than um, trying to do it sort of... I wish I had a pair of remote arms sometimes <laughs> to be able to do it for them. <laughs> but it, it, it beats what used to happen oh, years and years ago of people actually physically posting items to me i'd fix them and then post them back to them because that's you know prohibitively expensive these days to do that but um, I, yeah. I suppose if you've got a planner that you know you're sticking with and you want to have those repairs done mm. uh, please don't contact steve he's up to his eyeballs and <laughs> i have enough to do yeah. but, but you no, can change them out yourself yeah yeah, you can change. I, I've got some videos, and I'll put links to the videos in the show notes. But um, the the essence is is don't feel that you're sort of stranded um, because you know whilst the companies do their best to sort of explain these things, I'm sort of around at unsociable hours of the day when they might not be around, sort of thing. If you're in a different time zone, sort of thing. So it works for everyone, really. I don't mind doing it for for anyone and everyone really some of them are a lot easier to do than others admittedly yeah um so uh let's let's start closing off this topic one of the questions we haven't answered and i think we'll each take a crack at this is of all the models of planners you've tried which ones have impressed you for their quality and or longevity steve in terms of Price versus quality versus longevity versus practicality, taking all of those things into account, I would put my money where my mouth is, as it were, on a Van der Speck Touch dun, Me. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. yeah. It is their sort of ready-to-ship range. Yes, you can't customise it. But the leather is good quality. The rings are good quality. You can't go wrong. It's like 
almost Finsbury is another good one. It might be the lower price range one, but no one got sacked for buying one, as it were. You know, like nobody. <laughs> <laughs> went wrong for buying a Ford Pinto or a Ford, you know, the, the sort of run the cooking model sort of average sort of model type thing. You're not going to go wrong. So if, with I, it. if I catch you with the Finsbury, then I'm going to ask you, what are you doing with the Ford Pinto of planners? Yeah, well, it, it literally is that I do still have an A5 Finsbury in the cupboard. <laughs> I bet you do. Uh, for me, I would say the best bang for the buck um, was a second or third hand used uh, Gilio. Mm. Uh, I found that the quality there was tremendous and that I wasn't paying full price mm-hmm. from from brand new. And I, I would receive a product that had already been broken in and had the patina on it. So I could trust that it would kind of stay the same for the most part. And the the stitching and all of that was just great quality. Now, when it comes to non-leather planners, I'm partial to the Levenger ones because it's, it's just quality products. And they do have, for any reason, if something doesn't work for you, you get your money back. And they don't mm. argue with you. So I really like that compared to buying a arc system or other disc bound system. I don't know much about them to say what they're... Uh, policies are but you're buying a piece of plastic so i'm not sure mm. if there's going to be that kind of um company investment in supporting what, one of the big advantages of discs as opposed to rings is of course there's no there's nothing that keeps separating and joining back together again it's fixed right right um, and therefore and it's if, also more if it breaks you just a much more compact system as well so in terms of the overall size of the item it tends to be a little bit smaller as well compared it's, to the, it's a the smaller footprint size. yeah yeah on all ends it's a smaller footprint highly customizable in terms of the mm. color or shape or size discs you want a shape but mm. uh, in terms of um, what it's made of the other advantage of buying a second-hand leather item is when someone else has had it it's had time to breathe because invariably, brand new leather items can smell a bit chemically if you're not yeah. if, if the leather yeah. hasn't had time to, you know, the the tanning process uh, of leather goes through all sorts of chemical um, liquids and what have you, and it needs time to sort of get back to the true leather smell, doesn't it? So yeah. being yeah. stuck in a box somewhere in a warehouse isn't the best thing for it. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> It, it's it's one of these topics that I'm sure we could come back to uh, forever and a day, and you know, opinions change over time and all the rest of it. But yeah. uh, it's it's a fun one to cover. That, uh, I quite enjoyed it. So, where can we find you on the interwebs? Well, you can find me at planarology.com, through punchresumes.com, Karina Tovmasian on Instagram. And uh, my goodness, getting kicked off of various forums on Facebook for saying bad <laughs> words, you know, that sort Ooh. of thing. But where can we find you, Steve? <laughs> Sitting quietly in the corner. <laughs> At filofaxi.com, travellersnotebooktimes.com, and Mr. Filofaxi on Instagram. And don't forget, folks, remember the acronym CLASS. Comment, like, and subscribe and share isn't that a wonderful it. one i love it Steve. i didn't invent it i can someone mentioned it the other day but uh 
don't forget folks we do have a patreon uh, page these days and we fully appreciate the support that we get from our patrons and they come up with some wonderful um, ideas and thoughts on what we can do for future episodes so please join in it's cheap and cheerful just like us <laughs> anything for a good laugh and a gag and yeah. uh, we enjoy hearing all your comments and thoughts so such fun we'll end there shall we take yes, care yes, all let's. and see you soon 